Luke says, after Jesus had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. A centurion there had a slave whom he valued highly and who was ill and close to death. When he heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to him, asking him to come and heal his slave. When they came to Jesus, they appealed to him earnestly, saying, He is worthy of having you do this for him, for he loves our people, and it is he who built our synagogue for us. And Jesus went with them. But when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but only speak the word and let my servant be healed. For I also am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and the slave does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd that followed him, he said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. When those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the slave in good health. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us be in the spirit of prayer for a moment. Holy and loving God, we inch forward in vulnerable and wounded ways today, hoping to hear a word for our lives. Give us grace, O oh God, to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed, courage to change the things which should be changed, and the wisdom, your infinite and holy wisdom, to distinguish the one from the other. Amen. Oh, sorry. I need to check my emails for just a minute. <laughs> 48 new emails? What do I do? Who do I call? I need help. I know. I'm going to write a new one. Two. Jesus-Christ <laughs> at gmail.com CC holy spirit at gmail.com from heather at fcucc.org. Subject walk with power. Dear Rabbi Jesus, I would like to begin by saying how much of a fangirl I am. I love your work. I have read all four gospels 
like several times. Twitter has been blowing up with all of the miracles you perform, and I love how your disciples post Instagram pictures of your travels. Oh, clearly, I follow you on social media. I've listened to all your sermons on your podcast, and I'm a member of this Facebook group where preachers explore the many meanings of your words. I hope it's okay that I'm writing as someone who is not Jewish, but I hear that you care about people who are outside of Judaism. Like I said, I follow you closely, and I want to be just like you. I I don't get it all perfectly all the time, but I am doing my best. The reason that I'm writing to you is more than that, Jesus. You see, I've been called to lead a church in Colorado Springs. I really do feel called to this place. It's a good fit. There are so many funny and educated and spiritually mature, exceptional people in this church. I have a deep affection for the people in this place. They look to me me for guidance and wisdom. They look to me for hope. It's such a privilege to serve them. Most days I can't believe I get to do this job. Here's the thing, Jesus. Here's the thing. We are in a crisis right now. My people are in pain. They are anxious. They are grieving. I won't go into details. There are just too many versions of the story at this point anyway. I have lots of great leaders surrounding me, and they are giving me good advice and incredible, valuable feedback. But my biggest concern isn't about leadership. My biggest concern is for the broken hearts of my people. Many people are angry at the church council and at me. Some of them harbor suspicion and distrust. Some of them are grieving the people that they love. Some of them are sad to see their church family fighting. Some of them are disappointed. Some of them are confused. And some of them are even ready to move on from all of this. I really hate to ask you for help, Jesus. I, myself, am a woman of privilege in a community of people that experience a variety of privileges race, gender, sexual orientation, education, religion, socioeconomic status, military, and citizenship. We can hire leadership consultants and get the Rocky Mountain Conference minister to come down to help us. We can send myself and others on the staff to conferences and continuing education. We have all the resources to do that. We are empowered. My sense, though, is that we need something else. My sense is that we need something more. Your your disciple Luke wrote about a high-ranking centurion whose slave was deathly ill. The Roman soldier had our kind of privilege. He had status and he had rank. He admitted that he could command many men to do things and they always would do it. And he didn't always say it with sensitivity. The centurion was used to having power and control of his surrounding, and and so are we. But life tends to knock even the powerful on our butts. What knocked him on his was that soldier loved his servant. And that was unusual, and it was cause for a very powerful man to feel powerless. 
Like you, Jesus, most spiritual practitioners view life's challenges as a way to surrender to a power greater than ourselves. Unfortunately for 21st century Westerners, Christianity aligned itself with imperial thinking. And when you are aligned with empire, you unconsciously prefer a spirituality of achievement and performance, worthiness, perfection, and willpower. It's as if Christianity has been saying for all these years, we have the perfect medicine for what ails you. It's called grace and mercy. The only requirement for receiving it is to actually never need it. The church focuses its moral program on a path of ascent and control rather than descent and powerlessness. I have this favorite mystic. Her name is Julian of Norwich, and she understood the great turnaround and said proudly, our wounds are our very trophies. And the American mystic and songwriter Leonard Cohen echoes this notion in his song Anthem. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. I am an American. I am a Christian. And I hate being powerless. But I do know that the powerlessness of humanity is where growth can occur. We can let our experiences, our pains, make us better or make us bitter. In the words of the Buddhist nun Pima Chodron, feelings like disappointment, embarrassment, irritation, resentment, anger, jealousy, and fear are actually very clear moments that teach us where it is that we're holding back. They're like messengers that tell us with terrifying clarity exactly where we're stuck. I believe this too, Jesus. I believe that if we drum up the courage to sit with the pain of our current situation, we can connect with the power of God and reflect with new clarity. I, I assume that both the Jewish elders and the centurion in the Gospel of Luke suffered the ugliness of imperial thinking. And I wonder if the Jewish elders picked up on the fact that the centurion's loyalty shifted from confidence in the emperor to confidence in you, Jesus, as his spiritual commander. And that compelled them to come to you, Jesus, with the request of a healing. The centurion told you not to even bother yourself with showing up, simply to speak a word and healing would happen. Why? Because based on his position as a centurion, a Roman soldier, he knew what authority was and he believed that you had it. So do I. I believe in you, Jesus. I know that when you encounter someone so utterly different from yourself who exhibits faith, you do so without expecting anything in return. You simply heal. Your feedback isn't of criticism or fixing. Your feedback is of amazement and of praise. Because of you, Jesus, I try to love people, even those who hate me, those who are angry with me, those who criticize me, and those who don't respect me. I still believe that God works through everyone, that God has hopes and dreams for everyone. And I believe that God will surprise us with new and amazing life ahead. And so, in my surrendered state today, I walk with your power, Jesus. 
I trust your ability to heal and transform lives, so please, Lord, my request is to heal my hurting people. Speak the word, Lord. I know you can, and I know that you will. I realize healing won't be overnight, and the healing won't be easy. Many of us will do our hard and spiritual work, personal work that we need to do, and I know that the work we do is part of the miracle that you will use to heal us. Thank you in advance. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy speaking schedule to read this email. Below is a link to a YouTube video of a Hebrew prayer of healing that is sung by your people on Friday nights. And until the days of wholeness and reconciliation, I will sing it. I'm sure you will sing it too. Grace and peace, Reverend Heather Hagenduff. Me. And let us 